Were you guys blessed? Amen. Amen. Are you living with answers rather than questions? Yes. As a result of this morning's teaching and gathering? My goodness, what happened to you guys? You went to lunch and just, <laughs> I can't get an answer, I can't get an amen, I can't get yes. What's going on? Too much starch? <laughs> okay, we'll fix that in a moment. But anyway, so you guys were, you, you guys were thoroughly establishing the word. Good. All right. Okay. Let's bring out the magazines. For the 10th year anniversary, we are launching the GoSim magazine. It's here. It's good to go. I just want to thank all of you who make various contributions to make this magazine possible. I read all the articles and I was tremendously blessed by them. Thank you very, very much. They are, they are very, very rich. Uh, many of you may just have known the one you wrote, but now you get a chance to see what everybody has put together in there. And so this is, this is very good. This is very good. Very well, very well done. I want to thank Pastor Tosin and her team for working <laughs> very hard to put this together uh, in, in such a short time. So, we are trusting God to do this every year. So, let me just put it right now. Uh, give us a feedback through your writing, how you are being blessed by this fellowship. Uh, some experience you've seen in ministry that can be a blessing to your brothers and your sisters. If you just commit it in writing and begin to send them in, that way, come next year, you'll not be under pressure to write something. Amen? So, write, you know, nuggets, Thoughts, uh, experiences, testimonies, uh, or anything that you think would be a blessing to your brothers and sisters in the family. Uh, begin to commit that to writing now. And you can send them in in advance. Uh, come next year when we come back together, you will, uh, you know, you'll be a part of the uh, uh, magazine. Amen? I want to really... Uh, I want to really encourage all of us. I think Sam Badaki mentioned this yesterday to interact more. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to interact more. We need to uh, spend time with people we don't know very well uh, and just get to know one another. This is a large family, but we don't want anybody to feel left out as if they don't belong in the family. So I want you to take the time to just really deliberately, intentionally uh, begin to uh, get to know your brothers and your sisters. Amen? Let's cross-pollinate. Let's, 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 let's just mingle. Let's spend time together. Uh, you'll be surprised that some of the things you need, your brother has them. And some of the things you need, you know, they have them. So, but if you don't get together, you, you'll be lacking, you'll be praying, and God is saying, I have the answer. I have the answer next door to you. Your next door neighbor, your friend, your brother, your sister, they have the answer. So let's humble ourselves. Let's begin to really spend time intentionally to try to relate to one another. Amen? Amen. Okay. Any questions so far about everything that we've done to this moment? I'm going to call it a day for today. This is the reason I'm doing that because we seem to be worn out, maybe too much starch. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm going to ban starch at lunch. No, seriously. Because starch, do the, it will do this to you. 
you get tired, you get weighed down, and, and you just you just can't do you can't you can't be productive. <laughs> you, you're done. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to just throw things out that's gonna be that that we really cannot receive because we're tired. But tomorrow though, be prepared for a longer haul. Be lean. Don't eat too heavy. We're getting here at nine o'clock. We start teaching at nine thirty. We take quick. We take short breaks. Lunch time. Let's do maybe sandwiches, or uh, what do you call those? Those bars, protein bars. What do you call those? Granola bars and stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Please, because we have so much stuff to cover. We have not started teaching from the notebook at all, and I did not finish when I started last night. Eight pages of notes last night. We only did maybe three or four pages. So. I'm just preparing your mind that tomorrow is going to be a long day. And Thursday will be a long day. So we can finish what we, I believe God wants us to have. Amen? Yes, Dr. Yanko. I have a question on uh, for, for give, forgiveness. Okay, Dr. Yanko has a question on forgiveness. Uh, you know, when we first said, we confess to us, chapter 10, Okay. And that was what ushered us into salvation. Yeah. Now when we when we continue to read the word mm-hmm. and God reveals to us an area mm-hmm. that we did not hit that or up to that time know that it was a sinful thing. Okay. Do we now confess it as sin and ask for forgiveness for it is taken care of with only Okay. Did you, did you hear his question? Yes. Can anybody answer that question here? Yes. Please pass the mic to me. Ganim. Pass me. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Yes. There's nothing wrong with confession. One sin. But we don't confess, we forgive him. We are forgiven. Even before we confess. So we confess our sins not to be forgiven, but because we are forgiven. Did you, did you understand that? Did you did you hear what I said? So we so we thank God for the fact that we forgiven of that particular. Yes. Because if you understand what was said earlier today, which we've been saying for a while. 2,000 years ago, all your sins were forgiven forward. So if that's the case, whatever sin you just remember you sinned was also taken care of. So asking for forgiveness for something that's been already done is redundant. However, I think, let me say this, God does not need your confession. It really doesn't need it. But it does not hurt to do so. And particularly in dealing with one another. Absolutely. If I offend my wife, my wife is not God. God may have forgiven that and may overlook it, but I need to make you know, things right with her or vice versa. So on human level, absolutely. Uh, but on the divine level, yes. Uh, if it makes me feel good to know, you know what, I own up to this thing, I bring it out in, to, to light, because as long as I keep it, it's darkness. So I bring it to light. 
But I'm not bringing it to light because I'm thinking that by doing so, it gives me more favor with God. I'm already favored. Does that make sense? So, yes, I'm not confessing it because, it, because it's going to give me any more favor, but I'm confessing it because I just want to get it out of my system. I just want to acknowledge it, fess it up. Really, confession, really, you know what it really means? Confession means I'm agreeing that this thing is not right. I'm ag- confession means I'm agreeing whether right or wrong. Yeah, that's what it means. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, Kuma, are you under the law or under grace? <laughs> Let me ask you that first before you ask your question. I don't know. I was, I was collaborating the answers given so far with First um, John 1. Yeah. Verse um, 6 down to 9. Yeah. Where it says that I can walk in the light as he is in the light. Mm-hmm. And I fellowship one with another. Yeah. Yeah. But having studied the text a little more closer within context. Having rightly divided the word now. And having rightly <laughs> divided the word, I realized that um, yes, I've accepted Christ, I'm a believer, grace is functioning in my life, but I do have an every now and again moment mm-hmm. where there is an occasional failure. Yes. And the provision of God for that occasional failure. Is in First John one six down. Uh, so if we say we have no, if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us. So present continues. Mm-hmm. So even though we are walking in the light, mm-hmm. there's still a provision for our every now and again. All right. And so there is a place for confession because if you come down, you jump verse eight. I won't bore you with that. Verse nine says. If we confess our sins, mm-hmm. he is faithful and just <laughs> yes. to forgive us our sins and yeah. to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay. So I think. Um, okay, so Land, what's the point we are now making with that? I, I want to make sure I get you. No, that confession is very, very important. Okay. Confessing our sins, even as believers. Yes, okay. we have been forgiving already. Okay. Uh, past, present, and future sins. Yes. But confessing is an acknowledgement okay. of your failure to collaborate what God has done for you in terms okay. of forgiveness. Yeah. Now, let, let me... Do you guys want to jump in? No. In, in light of the uh, teaching, Mike. So that means uh, if I don't do something... Give me first, first John 1 9, please. Whatever. Pardon me. So my, is my forgiveness contingent on my confession? No, it's not. Okay. I, and that's what I was just going to address. I'm not quite sure that that's what that person is saying, Dr. Uh, pastor yeah. Nee. Uh, if you read the entire context uh, of that scripture in First John 1, give, me, give it to me from the beginning, verse 1. This is very important. Remember, remember what Dr. Dollar said about context? Huge. And that's what sheds light on this whole passage. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon. Notice the looked, seen, heard, all in the past tense. There's a we group, and their experience were all what? In the past tense. 
and our hands have what? Handled. Again in the past tense. Concerning the word of life. Next verse. That life was manifested. We have seen and bear witness and declare to you. Aha, this is another group of people now. So you have the we people and the you people. They are not the same people. Do you guys get that so far? Okay, so the we people is testifying to the you people. What we have seen, what we have heard, what we have handled all in the past. For we people, it's all past tense. But for you people, you've not even tasted it yet. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that which we have seen and heard and declared to who? You. So obviously there's two groups of people here. We declaring to the yous that you also may have fellowship with us. So we are already settled. But you are not. The you group have not received what we have. So we, the we group is shared with the you group. So the you group, we also have fellowship with us. Do you see the distinction? And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Go on. And these things we write to who? You. Why? That your joy may be full. We already have joy. But we're looking at your faces. You guys, your faces, you don't have joy at all. So I'm writing this to you so you can have what I have. This is the message which we have heard, pastors, from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. So now, the we group is almost witnessing to the you group. Trying to get the you group to know how do you have the fellowship that we already have. That's, one, that's what First John 1 9 is all about. Let, let, me t- let me help us with this. The, the, what makes this easy as a matter of fact is anytime you read the scripture and what you are reading contradicts the basics of the finished work of Christ, you immediately know there must be a flag. Remember how Dr. Dollar started the meeting? If thou, Deuteronomy chapter 28, anything that places the burden on you to get something from God is not in, is, is, is not, is not in this dispensation. Anytime anything places an onus on you that if you do this or if you do that, then you can get this. That's Old Covenant, Old Testament template. It was good for them, not now. It was good for them, but not now. Yeah. That's what makes the new covenant the new covenant. Because under the old, every time you sinned, 
you offered a sacrifice. In fact, you, ta- you carry goats around with you because you don't know when the sin will occur. That's what makes this a far better covenant than what they had in the old. Amen? Did I, sketch, did I stretch the scriptures to make that point? Was it clear? Gani, was that clear to you? Gani, the deliverance, he's going to deliver me now. Get it right. Praise God. Yeah, man. Uh, amen. Yeah. Um, well, I thank God for bringing me here and uh, being exposed to uh, the message of grace. Uh, we've heard it here and there, and I thank God the time you came to Ibadan too. There were some scriptures that I read my own way, and uh, thank God for the explanation. And today, too, rightly divide, dividing the word of truth just came clear to me that we need to make a difference when we read the scripture. What is he saying? Even today, at this moment, we, you, we, you, I was just wondering. I've read these scriptures for many years, and I thank God that the, the understanding is coming now. Yeah. And truly, I look at it. Most of us read Genesis, sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 1, from verse 1 to 13. But from verse number 14, none of us wants to read it. <laughs> because almost everything from 14 to 50 something, we are, we are doing it, not did it. Why is it that the judgment that followed those things had not come on us? Hmm. We talk about uh, if you do this, the basket will be full, your store will be full, the dad will be full. Did we even obey God to receive the fullness of the basket? <laughs> and the storehouses houses that causes to fulfill, and then I will rebuild before some of those things that he said from verse 1. All the nations of the earth will call you blessed. Now, what did we do to it? Because most of us are blessed today by God's grace. Amen. And I know that it's not because we obey those things that he said there. <laughs> now, all of us also, we are doing most of the things that we have from verse number 14 to that attract curses. It was even more than blessing. Yes. We did maybe in passing, but most of the thing there, none of us there can say, okay, I'm clear of all this. Why is it that those curses have not come on us? Wow. That was just kept <laughs> in case this morning that look, see me? Just embrace this grace. Amen. And run with it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> That's a very good contribution. <laughs> That is very true. That is very true. Dickness Johnson, you had something? Get the mic, please, ma'am. Get the mic. Wow. Okay, read the scripture. James 5, 16, yes? James 5, 16 says, Confess your faults to one another. Uh-huh. Pray for one another mm-hmm. that ye may be healed. Mm-hmm. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay. 
Is he asking to confess that to God or to one another? Case closed. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean by case closed? What do you understand me to say by that? That we have to confess to one another. Okay. N- not that you have to confess to one another, but there's room for confession between brothers and sisters. If I offend you, if I do something wrong against you, absolutely. God does not need my confession, but my brother does. If I want to heal that relationship, if I want that relationship to be healed and to grow and to prosper and to flourish, I just cannot wound somebody and keep on moving and ignore them. Okay? So, while God does not need... I mean, especially, especially in the husband and wife situation. So, you sin. You know God's forgiving you. But you cannot take your spouse for granted. Your spouse is not God. They're a human being. And the, if you will, for lack of better language, the rules in dealing with God is not the same rule as dealing with your brother. Your brother needs your affirmation. Needs you. God does not need to be affirmed. You don't make God feel anybody by saying, God, you are such a wonderful God. You look good, God. No. But, but you, you'll be married and don't tell your wife or your husband that they look good. No, no, that's all right. That's all right, guys. That's all right. Please. Give her a room. That's why we're here. Remember what Dr. Dollar said to us. You have to apply a rule that is enforced in a particular dispensation for that time and era. But you do not bring the rule in that dispensation to this dispensation. God deals with us based on what house rules he has in that particular time and era. So in that day, it was right. But today, it does not require that of us. Do you understand that? And, and really, even in, the, even in Psalm 51, if you read the whole thing, ah, David acknowledged his sin, but he never offered a sacrifice. Because David, among all the Old Testament characters, he stood in the old and embraced the new. Both. So he said to God, oh yes, uh, take away not your uh, Holy Spirit from me. Uh, cast away, me away, away not from, my, from your presence. All of those things. In sin, iniquity was, uh, my, my, was, was I conceived. All of that stuff. He said them. But when you read the context there, he never offered a sacrifice. And in that day and time, when you sin, you offer sacrifice. Why did he not do that? Because he saw a day ahead of time. And God did not chastise him for not doing it. I mean, David, David, now you can appreciate why God said, he's a man after my heart. Who will do all of my will? What was the will of God that David did? What was it? Do you know the will of God that he did? Really, do you know what will of God that he did? Ah. He, yes, sir. He was quick to repent. 
But the significant will of God that God is referring to specifically, he was the man who did not return the ark back to Shiloh. Shallow represented the old order, the Old Testament. While he lived in the old, he carried the ark and took to Zion. Where there will be no longer any more animal sacrifices. But praise and worship. He established a totally completely new Levitical order. He changed their job description. Prior to him, all he did was kill animals and carry furniture all over the, all over the place. David came in and said, no more. Put the ark in open view where every man and woman, all of Israel, had direct access. He cut away the hierarchy, the high chief, the BI bishop, the uh, archbishop, the bishop, bishop, bishop with two crosses, bishop with a ring, bishop. How many rings do you have, bishop? <laughs> he canceled the entire order. Whether you are high or low, mighty or small in Israel, you have access to the ark of God. Something that was concealed before that time that nobody could view except once a year, Aaron. God said, You got my heart. Wow. So, sir, even during the time of offering of sacrifice, he said, Thou desired not. Exactly. Even in the time. Even in the time. He said, he, they did it. Yeah. He accepted it, but he didn't desire it. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of that was pointing to the final, complete Lamb of God. And nothing would take Jesus from God. Nothing. Nothing. So David, yeah, no, he, he, you know, he confessed in Psalm 51. The, the key thing was what Dr. Dollar opened up this morning with, really. You, we need to understand these dispensations. We need to know, you need to read scripture and say, when was this said? To whom is this said? Because everything the Bible says is not for you. All of the Bible is not, it's written to you, but not for you. You need to know that. Because when it says, what does do I do, go do quickly? Is that for you? <laughs> so you take that and say, wow, God said, what does you go do it quickly? Let me go. That is not for you. <laughs> you need to set all of this. No, no, all of this is not for you. He made it available, but you understand, oh, wow, this is what he said to Judas. Oh, this is what he said to uh, Shiloh. You need to be able to make that distinction. You have to. I, that scripture you read, <laughs> it was so powerful. Sk- uh, accurately, uh, uh, how, skillful, skillful uh, all of that. We need to understand that. And when we read, be able to make those distinctions. Otherwise, we are cutting and pasting. And we lead people into error, serious error. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, you can. I mean, you may have to come up with the answers as well.
us and what Paul the Apostle said to <laughs> the guy who said, You can't resist. Yeah. On the grace. Yeah. And the guy was going to resist. Yeah. And uh, Ananias Kara. Yeah. They also died in the service. On the grace. That's the first question. Okay. The second question is. Can, can I answer the first one first? Okay, because um, why are we assuming that Ananias and Sapphira were believers? Because remember, even though even though we're in the era of grace, there are still those who are under the law, even as we speak. What puts you under grace is because you've believed, not because of the dispensation. Am I am I clear? I, yes. I, I cannot find anything to say that Ananias and Sapphira were believers. Now, they were in the church. I hope you understand that everybody in your church today are not believers. Absolutely. Because they have not taken... Okay, let me, let me give you a clear example. Because we saw this in Egypt. We saw this in Egypt. God told them to put the blood on their doorpost and a lintel. And anybody who did it, death passed over them. What happened to those who didn't do it? Those who did not do it were doomed. Because the only thing that saved them was the application of the blood. So what I'm saying to you is, for those who have not come under the canopy of God's love, of, not, not his love, of this grace, by applying the blood of Jesus, by believing on the finished work, even though God does not desire that they perish, they've made a choice to put themselves in harm's way. So, so does that mean then, therefore, that you know, we can imply also that those who don't give or those who play game with God can also face the same issue today? What do you mean? Make us, what do you mean? We don't give? You mean I mean, money? Because the context of the story has to do with the, the gospel. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, but like my brother here said, yeah. So there, there is no consistency because what is happening today in our churches all over the world? I'm pretty sure that maybe some some people have actually done worse than Alaska in terms yeah. of all day back. And yeah. And yet they're not falling down there. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I I cannot. I hear what you say. I hear what you say. I cannot explain fully why some people are judged and others are not. I really don't. Because God made it clear that uh, he will show mercy to whom he will. That's in, that's in hand of God. I can, all I know for my sake and your sake are the things that are available under grace. Those guys under judgment, I want to put them under judgment. I, I really cannot, I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot say when, yeah, it, it's, it's a very dicey thing. Oh, me, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't think, I, listen, I don't think any of us has all the answers. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, and that's fine. Because at the end of the day, the Bible says the secret things still belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong unto us and to our children. Now, when Dr., when Kraft came in this morning, the first thing he said to me, he said, man, I, I knew a lot more than I did. He, he told me, just as he was walking down the hallway, he said, man, I, I knew a whole lot more than I've, I've God has taught and showed me a lot more now than I need, I, 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 I did the last time I saw him. That's the first thing he told me. And he was, he was so happy to know that even him 
Because I thought maybe he just came onto this message, but I'm hearing him talk about four, five years, seven years. I didn't know he's been on this for a while. So what I'm saying to us is, this is where we are today. Even in this tribe, when did we start talking about this? Three years ago? Maybe. And we are learning, and we are growing, and we we get new things. So, you know, I'll tell people very quickly, what I don't know, I don't know. And I don't feel bad about it at all. It's not on me. I don't carry any burden because of that. Absolutely. I'm not Socrates. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be one. Okay, so if I don't know the answer, I don't know it. But you know what? What I don't know does not undo what I know. And that's why I keep on telling people, learn the fundamentals. Why is grace valid at all? Learn that. Be grounded in that. Understand the finished work. Understand that solidly. Everything else will fall in place in time. In time. God is not going to have another sacrifice any longer. It's over. He's not going to speak through prophet Elijah, Elijah, Ezekiel. Forget them. They were great in their time, but today he only speaks through Jesus. He's the complete and final revelation of God to man. That's it. Those things I know, they are what Dr. Hamby calls the constants, which means they will never change. The rest of the things we're talking about, they are variables. Analyze that or didn't die. Fine. When you get to heaven, Adonai, are you here? Come, well done. What happened to How did you get here? You know. So the constants are the real things we need to really, really, really. And when people ask those questions, say, you know what? Good question. But I don't know the answer. I tell them that. I tell them that. In a heartbeat. Because I'd rather be honest with them and tell them I don't know than to manipulate an answer that's going to cause them to be twice the child of hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pass us up <laughs> <laughs> <Samuel> already. Somewhere <laughs> already. Oh my goodness. I don't know. You know what I tell them? Google it. <laughs> Let them Google it, man. <laughs> Praise God. Salvadaki. Well, yes, sir, I just I wanted to talk a little bit about what you said earlier on about looking at subjects in um, context. Okay. And I think that sometimes when we're considering context, that we we have this formula that sort of I think it narrows the entire purpose of looking at things in context. So for instance, you're looking at the scripture, and like Dr. Krebs said, you keep backing up until you know what the context is for what you're looking at. But I think when you're considering New Testament or New Covenant reality, I think there's a context that is so massive, and you touched on it a little bit, that it should be the filter for everything we're looking at. Okay. And we saw that very clearly, as he showed us today, in Deuteronomy 1 through 
30 or 31 or whatever it is. In other words, the operating system by which we engage God is God says, if I do certain things, if you do all these things, you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, and you do all these things, then the blessings are available to me. If I do not do them, then curses, right? Okay, so someone says, well, how come I am not necessarily experiencing curses even though I didn't do those things? That would be like saying, the policeman or the cop stops me on the road for speeding, and I say, well, I may have been going fast, but somebody was going faster than I am. That someone was going faster than you are doesn't mean you didn't break the crime. Mm -hmm. So you answer for your own sin or for your own problem. Yeah. Uh, every uh, every the, the context of Deuteronomy, I just think we haven't really looked at very well and we don't touch, touch it very often. I think that that is the context for really understanding New Testament uh, covenant, uh, sorry, oh, yeah, the New Testament uh, covenant. So the idea is God says to me, if I do all these things, I can access all of his blessings. We know that nobody was able to do it but Jesus. So Jesus did all those things. Then, even by God's own standards, Jesus then can legally he has the right to all of the blessings of God. If I therefore believe in the name of Jesus and I come in the name of Jesus, I have the same right that Jesus does have. Isn't that right? Yes. So, if anything else I'm looking at in scripture does not fit that, if it doesn't go through that filter, yeah. it doesn't matter what it says, it just doesn't work. So, for me, I think that that's where we have to return to all the time to make sure, listen, whatever you're looking at, if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't go through that filter, I dispose of it. Okay. That's good. That's very good. Pastor Goodness, you have something? Abby? And then Pastor Mike. There are two, there are two things, two scriptures that guides me in understanding the Bible, the whole of the Bible. Number one is where it was declared that Christ has been offered as a sacrifice before the foundations of the earth, before Adam, Eve, or anybody was made. Revelation 13, 8, yeah. Right. There is another scripture that Paul talked about. And he said that, for we have been loved even before the same foundations of the earth. Yep. So I look at those two scriptures and what they do for me is an understanding of what we now claim to be Old Testament, New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant. I want to ask a question. At what point in the relationship between man and God did grace start from? From the beginning. Absolutely. From Genesis. Yeah. Praise God. Therefore, my next question becomes this. Yeah. In the moment and the time that we call the old covenant, was grace still functional? Yes. Wait a minute. No, 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 not, not, no. Grace, okay, let, let, me, let me answer that question correctly. 
in the beginning, everything was under grace. As Dr. Dollar explained this morning, until Exodus 19. Yes. So, Exodus 19 going forward was a suspension, if we will, of the revelation of grace to all my... In other words, it was suspended, but it's not that God did not show grace. It's not that there were not individuals who at various times, through their relationship with God, tapped into grace. That's how David got it. It was available, but it was not available to everybody. Okay? So, Galatians 3.19 tells us very, very clearly. Can you give me Galatians 3.19? Galatians chapter 3 verse 19. Okay. What purpose then does the law serve? When you hear that word, when it says the, the law, remember Exodus 20 going forward. It was added because of transgressions. Till. That word till is an element of time. Which means then, the law had an expiration period. Because, first of all, first of all, first of all, back up in your thought. The law was added. It was not like that at the beginning. If it was added, it means it was not part of the plan. So the Bible is not telling you why was it added. Because of transgressions. But even it being added, Ganil, Remy, Abayomi, it was added until. So the law that was added was not intended to be forever. It was added till the seed, capital S, should come to whom the promise was made. So what I believe the Bible is saying to us is Genesis began in innocence, grace. God gave to Adam what he did not deserve. Adam did not even ask for it. God walked and brought Adam into rest. Straight. God created everything, walked for him as Adam, welcome to the planet Earth. Rest. And from a place of rest, a place of sitting, you can begin to function into good works. Okay? And then, and that's the reason for which Cain killed Abel. He was not held accountable. There was no law. He was not held accountable. Abraham lied about his wife. Did God ask him about it? Answer me, please. There was no law. There was no law. So God did not say, Abraham, what did you lie? What did you lie about Sarah? God will be unrighteous to ask him something for which he did not prepare him for. So God did not, he didn't, he didn't fool with that at all. So come Exodus 19 going forward, the law was introduced. John 1.17 says, the law came through Moses, so we know. But grace came through the Lord. So definitely the Bible itself tells us of these timings. The law came through Moses, we know when Moses came. And grace came through the Lord Jesus Christ. We know when he came. So anything in between Moses and Jesus was the law. 
And then Jesus himself taught us in Matthew, he said, in Matthew chapter 11, he said, the law and the prophets prophesied until John. Again, giving us a time period. The law and the prophets prophesied when? Until John. Which means after John, what happens? It's abrogated. Finished. Does that mean, am I stretching facts? I said, am I stretching? He said, yes. Am I stretching it? <laughs> so, so, really to answer your question, and when you read Galatians 3.19, the Bible is very clear. The law was given, actually the law was given as an addendum. An addendum. A bracket between the period of time. After which, the Bible says very clearly in Romans 10 for Christ is the end of the law. To all that believes. Give me Romans 10 for. So I'm not making it up. The Bible is like that. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. That's it. So that's, that's what the scripture teaches. And Dr. Dollar made a clear distinction between the law of Moses and the law of the Spirit. See, because we're not talking about lawlessness going out and stab people all over the place and say, well, I'm under grace. I can stab you to death. No, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. When you hear the word the law used, most of the times it's used to refer to the ordinances, the rules, the regulations, the body of uh, 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 conditions, if you will, that God gave to Israel through Moses. They are no longer applicable. You read it in Second Corinthians this afternoon, where the Bible called the law the ministration of death. How much clearer can you get? So why will I want to put anybody under administration of death? When God himself calls it so. So I think to Sammy's point, what he said, I think that should really be the baseline. If I have to do it to earn it, then I know it's the old. I know it's no longer tenable. Because what God has done is earn it for us and say, now just believe it and, and it's yours. That's, that's the simplest way to create a baseline to help us identify these various things. Chief, you have something? Uh, I'm just reading uh, here in Romans. I don't have to turn this in on. Oh, yeah, it's on. Romans chapter 2 says that uh, for as many as have sinned, verse 12, without the law, also perish without the law. But as many as sin in the law shall be judged by the law. But down in verse 14, uh, for when Gentiles is that it? For yeah, fourteen. For when the Gentiles which which have not the law, so the law never was for us. So that's where we got. That's all the, the, the turmoil came in because nobody called us at that early born again experience to tell us the law never was for the Gentiles. No, it never was. Never, no, nobody told us. So that's why the questions come in. Yeah. I, I, I notice it. Now, that's a good point. Remember, 
Remember, this, that's a very good point. The Gentiles of the first century never had to deal with what we're talking about. Never. Because for them, the law of Moses was never an application. Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, uh, Ezekiel, they didn't reckon with any of those guys, period. Law of Moses, absolutely none of that. They didn't hear anything about that. They just heard Jesus Christ and him crucified. <laughs> That's all they heard. Dr. Nee, are you under the law and under grace? Before I give you the mic again. <laughs> under, complain under grace now. Okay. <laughs> There's a beautiful scripture I came across um, two days ago in Acts 15. Yes. Uh, verse 10 and 11. You know, where the disciples were trying to bind around the neck of the ah. Gentile believers mm -hmm. who are coming to faith in Christ. Yes. Telling them in verse 1 of chapter 15. Circumcision. They to be circumcised before they can be accepted. Yeah. So they went all the way to Jerusalem to the council and at the council meeting, in verse 10 and 11, Peter, of all people, ah, Peter made a very, very profound statement there. And I love it. I've okay. been in love with him since two days ago. Aha. That's he what delivered you. Was that what delivered you? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 15, verse 10 and 11 of Acts. Yes. This is Apostle Peter, of all people. He said, Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples? Which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. Ah! And then he proceeds to verse 11. He says, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. <laughs> That's what verse 10, verse 11 is. <laughs> Powerful. Notice Peter admit, admitted they were not able to bear them. Amazing. And really, I'm coming there. And really, Acts 15 was part of what helped establish David. Because after the, all the debate back and forth and back and forth, how did they resolve the problem? The tabernacle of David. They went back to what David did when he brought the ark under the tent. And Mount Zion, and with access to everybody. And David was the first. I keep on going to do it. I'm sorry because oh, are you your name is David? Yes, no, you are Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because David was the first one who allowed a Gentile to minister with the, uh, in the presence of the ark or bed it down. Because in Israel, Gentiles could not come near the tabernacle. But when David brought the ark back, he had Gentiles ministering, in, and God said, ah, you know my heart. This is a man after my heart. You know that I am not just for Israel, I'm from the entire, you know me, David, you know. Oh, my God. Who has the mic? Oh, yes, okay. And then pass a, a, pass a mic, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 
So let me come back to the same question I asked. Okay. <laughs> that was number one. Okay. We now established that grace started it all. Yes. Okay. We also established the fact that at the point in time, God separated the people unto himself to make a sample for the world. Yes. And they came to God and said, we can do, when they had the voice of God, we can do anything we want. Yes. And God then I gave them what they wanted. Yes, then. They lock in. And from the scripture we read from Galatians number 3, that yeah. we just read, just saw, a minute yeah. ago, the law was in place until a time. Yes. So my question now is this. The grace that was upon all humanity, not Israel, but all humanity, was that grace suspended for all humanity? Or was it suspended for Israel? You mean since Jesus Christ? I mean, I'm trying to understand. From the creation. We are oh, no, creation. no, no. No. We are, we are now in a time of grace for everybody. When Jesus came, he ushered in a new, a new era of God's grace for mankind. Period. However, in order for them to appropriate and enjoy the benefit of that grace, they must believe in the finished work of Christ. That's the only condition for anybody. For God so loved the world, the entire world, everybody, Israel, my villagers, it doesn't matter. He loves everybody. I don't think you get my question. Oh, okay. I'm yes. sorry. This is what I'm saying. All of us are nations. Yes. Let me use this whole house. Okay. And I'm Israel. Okay. And at the beginning, it started with grace. Okay. From creation. Okay. But I got to a point. I decided, God decided to put a covenant upon me because of what I said I would do for God. Okay. Which takes away grace. When I said, okay, whatever you want, I'll do it. Just let me know what your conditions are. And God spelled it out for me. And it was a covenant between me and God. And you are God. Let's say you are God. So I have a covenant with you. My question is this. The grace that had carried humanity from the beginning before Israel came to the scene. Okay. Was that grace suspended because of me? Was that grace suspended for everybody else? Because of me? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what the question is, but my understanding is God chose Israel to be the uh, example and a light to the rest of the nations. Because the rest of the nations were steeped, S-T-E-E-P, in sin, and they were about to be destroyed, even though God gave them time to repent so that you would not have to destroy them. So, on the one hand, it was waiting for those nations to repent. On the other hand, it was preparing Israel to be a light to them, so that, so that destruction would not have to come. Okay? So now, in time, Jesus came. And when Jesus came, the grace of God, Titus 2.11, for salvation to all mankind appeared to everybody. In the period of time when Israel, when God was dealing with Israel under the love of uh, Moses, God was still a gracious God. But that grace was not accessible to everybody like it is to us now. Now all I have to do is, is believe it and I, I can enjoy it. Back then it was not so. At least that's my understanding. I, I don't know if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm saying it right. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying. Use the mic, use the mic, please, so you can. 
Maybe I'm not getting what he's saying. I think I got it. But okay. the saying is, man fell from grace, period. Okay. After the fall of Adam. Okay. So God had a plan with Israel to bring the rest of mankind back to himself. Okay. But he had to use the law to convince man. Because the Bible says, sin was in the world even when there was no law. But men were dying until law was brought. Okay. So sin was there. After Adam fell, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a function of that grace was there. We fell from grace when Adam fell. The whole man can fell from grace. So sin was already there, but man was dying. He didn't even know why he was dying, but it was there because of his sin. But when law came, he brought the consciousness that okay, I'm dying because I'm sinning. That was what the law did. Lord, the Lord just exposed the fact that we are sinning. So, but he used, just my pastor said, he used Israel as the, as the, as the group that he was going to use to bring all mankind back to the fact that we are sinners, but we weren't conscious of it. We were dying, but Lord now was what exposed the fact that we were sinning. Just like, a, like I'm driving over the speed limit. And there was a cough, and my car is flipping over. But there was no speed limit, but, but, but there was people dying on that street anyway. But then you put a speed limit to let the person know that it's because you are speeding that you die. Am I making any sense, Pastor? Because sin was there all along when Adam fell. But because there was no law, sin was not imputed. That's the hmm. way I understand it. Amen. Pastor Mike, go ahead. So, right, uh, is two comments. And I really do not want to distract us. The first comment is in response to uh, Reverend Correa's second question. Okay. On the wife of Cain. Oh, good. <laughs> Mighty ego. <laughs> Give us answer. Oh, not that I really have an answer. <laughs> just a response. Okay. It could be an answer. It could just be, you know, a, a response or a comment. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, uh, verse 4 says, And the days of Adam, after he had begotten seed, were 800 years, and he begot sons and daughters. So even though the names were not mentioned, it's clear that beyond Abel, Cain, said Adam had other sons and other daughters. And then there was no law that you could not marry your sister. Abba, and you say you didn't get the answer. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> you will not ask, ask that question again forever. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> so I, I did that clearly. There are daughters. Wow. That's a good But my other comments, yeah. I hope Well, 
No, it doesn't. But it doesn't. What, what the scripture is trying to say there is John, basically the point the, the scripture is making is John was the one who introduced or ushered in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he was the one in John 1 and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the... So he was the introduction. He was the forerunner who presented to us and gave Jesus the platform. They say, okay, now it's time for you to start your ministry. So that's, that's what that's all about. Okay, the last one, Ghanaian, we need to go home. Oh, Ni, you have another one? Ah, this man went to Ghana for all this time. Now he's coming with all these questions. <laughs> Are you trying to earn dollars? Is that what... <laughs> yes. Yes. Good. And I felt the judgment that came upon them was not as if God was responsible. Hmm. Because it was the priest, the man, Peter, who felt these people, why would you lie? And <laughs> the man must have pronounced something on them. <laughs> because when the wife also appeared, it was not. Bible didn't say so, but the fact is that there was a man factor there, not God alone. So it could have been. The indirect comment is making all your all these general overseers. <laughs> yeah, that's a man factor. Now, and that didn't happen. The, what I'm trying to say is, in case of Ananias and Sapphira, it was not because when they now like God Himself now decided I'm going to kill them. It was a priest who determined what happened in that place. Okay, now let, let, let's let's take this to a logical conclusion. So, what would stop you when you get to Abuja not to do that to your membership? Because I apply grace. So, 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 so you apply grace. I will let, well, no, number one, I will know they are human. Number two, I've been taught some things. So you don't think Peter knows what we are talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Peter was not coming from dispensation of man. No. He was really following that until a certain time when God had to correct him later in life. Because we understand that there was a time God was sending him to a place and he was again, again, and then God. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Let's, let's telegraph this answer to this question to Pastor Dollar. And then we, we, we see what, what he has to say about that. You know, seriously. Uh, I heard uh, Joseph Prince explain it. Uh, but it was not, yeah, it was not a good explanation. I, won't, I will not even uh, bring that to you, the explanation he gave. I, I was not satisfied myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. I, I, this, some of these things are, they have gray areas. I'm not, I'm not, you have an answer, Pastor Goodness? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody else? I think we've had a very robust and good discussion. Don't you guys say? Praise God. Good. All right. Uh, will somebody, you have something? You had a question? Okay. Why don't somebody just close us out for today? And, uh, or Sammy, are you, are you emceeing here? 
Okay, Dr. Tete, come, come and close us. Let me see if you stay under the law, under grace. Come. <laughs>